This is the Pendulum Land Podcast. Welcome, infrastructure junkies, to our show. This is a podcast created by right-of-way professionals for right-of-way professionals. It's your go-to source for the best information within the right-of-way industry. I'm Dave Arnold. I'm here with Kristen Bennett. Today, the International Right-of-Way Association takes center stage. We have Amir Vafamanish and Tim Drennan from the IRWA, and we're going to learn how IRWA education will make you more successful and how it can advance your career. Okay, so we talk about the IRWA a lot on this show, and I think it's really important, and I'm very excited to focus on it today and tell you a little more about the International Right-of-Way Association. It's a professional organization for people in the right-of-way industry. It's volunteer-led. It's based in Los Angeles, California, but it's worldwide organization. So the, the mission of the IRWA really is to empower professionals by elevating ethics, learning, and a standard of excellence within the global infrastructure real estate community. And there are just incredible, incredible opportunities within the organization that we're going to talk about today for education, training, and credentialing. That's really the unsurpassed source for education in this field. Um, today we have with us two really important people with the IRWA. We have Amir Vafamanish. He is based in California. Amir is the Education Instructional Development Manager. He has a big job and he does a great job. A great job uh, keeping us all on track with the education. We also have Tim Drennan, who is based in the great state of Texas. Tim is the Director of Field Operations for the IRWA. Before we get into the show, I want to say thanks to our sponsor, Pendulum Land Services, LLC, which makes this podcast possible. Did you know that Pendulum Land Services is a small, women-owned business? And did you also know that PLS has licensed attorneys on staff? Now, they get asked the same question all the time. Why would I pay expensive attorney rates for right-of-way work? And the answer is, at Pendulum, you don't. That's the beauty of PLS. Their clients pay right-of-way agents to manage their projects who just happen to have also litigated hundreds and hundreds of eminent domain cases. Pendulum is also happy to serve as a single-tier subcontractor on a project, for example, to simply handle relocations or just the complex relocations. So if you have a project that requires a skilled approach on complex relocations or any relocations and you need to have the confidence that it will be handled correctly, then check them out at PendulumLand.com. That's PendulumLand.com. Gentlemen, welcome to the Pendulum Land Podcast. Amir, how are you doing? Is it sunny out in California? I'm doing good, Dave. It's a little bit cloudy today, only about 60 degrees, but hey, I can't complain. You shouldn't complain about that at all. So I know we're spoiled out here. No kidding. No kidding. Tim, let's start out. I kind of want to talk a little bit about um, how, how people get into this industry and why they might find their way into the IRWA. Excellent. Thank you, Kristen. Morning, Dave. How are you guys doing? We're doing um, great. Great question, Kristen. I, you know, after being here at the IRWA and, and working with our members for the past seven, eight years, I've heard a lot of stories about how they got into uh, the right-of-way profession. And it really boils down 
um, in my opinion, to two different categories. It's a, it's a second career many times for many of our members, or it's someone in their family works with them and, and brings them into the profession, um, either through a company they own or uh, just the fact that they've been working in the right-of-way industry for so many years and help them get involved, introduce them. And eventually those individuals find their way to the IRWA. Yeah, we talk about that a lot. You know, nobody goes and majors in infrastructure development or right-of-way in college. Um, that, that's it's certainly a second career for me. And I, I think that's the story usually across the board. We just talked to somebody today who was talking about how they're an appraiser because their dad was an appraiser. That's definitely a, a common theme. So how do they get to the IRWA? How do they find us? And what's the value of membership in the IRWA for somebody in our industry? Well, we, most of our new members come because somebody asked them to join, invited them to a meeting um, or invited them to participate in one of our educational offerings. And they begin to see the value of the association for them and in their career and ultimately take that next step to join. It's really interesting. Once you start taking courses at the, as a non-member, you realize very quickly that the membership rate that you receive or the discount you receive as a member is well worth it. Um, even, even for just the membership, cost of membership, you make back easily after four one-day courses with the membership discount applied. Wow, that seems worth it. Hey, <laughs> Tim. Switching gears just just for a second before we get in, because I really want to talk about certifications and why people should get a certification, why spend the money on that. We're going to get to that. But first, you and Dave have something in common. From what I understand, you both like to, you like to smoke meat. Is this correct? Like smokers, you use a big green egg. Are you a big green egg guy? Are you a traditionalist? I am. I, I, I am not a big green egg guy. I'm not a pellet smoker guy. Um, you're right. I do enjoy smoking meat. I traditionally do it on a stick burner or an, or an offset smoker, barrel smoker. Uh, I also have a what we call an ugly drum smoker, which is a 50, basically a 55 gallon drum that you can smoke meat on and keep temperature really regular on it. So I'm not a purist. I, I don't believe that if you own a green egg, you can't smoke meat or call yourself a, a barbecue <laughs> smoker. But I do not own one, and I am definitely uh, not a charcoal guy either. Okay, um, but but do you look down your nose just a little bit at big green egg people? Just a little. Do you think it's cheating, yeah. kind of? Well, I'll you know I'll tell you this: you can't use a big green egg in any of the barbecue competitions that I enter. So that was a diplomatic. That, that, was, that was a diplomatic way to say, yeah, you kind of do. This sounds like smoker snobbery to me, Tim. What, are you a big green egg guy? Yeah, I've got two big green eggs. And listen, I, I've I've had words with people who are purists, as you say, uh, who mm -hmm. do look down their noses at big green eggs. And but what I tell them, like a buddy of mine who is a a real chef, he says. I can cook anything on a Weber grill and make it perfectly delicious. And I, my response to that is, well, uh, I can't on a Weber grill, but I can on a big green egg. So call it cheating. Call it what you want. I'm, a, I'm, I call an, it, I'm an egg guy. I call it good food. And if, right. you're, if, if it's good food, you're all right with me. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so hey, let's let's jump back in uh, and talk about the opportunities within the IRWA for designations, certifications. I know a lot of us in the industry have letters by our names that come from the IRWA. So what? How how do people get a designation, and and what's the value of that? Well, the value is it's kind of hard to pinpoint because it's different for each individual. Some look at it as a professional 
development opportunity for them and it's personal and they want to continue that educational journey. Some do it because they feel it will help them uh, in their career and, and financially be rewarded for it, maybe in their job. There are some of our corporate partners, some of our agencies that do recognize and reward their staff for receiving a certification or a designation. So it's really different for each individual. We find that the education that we're able to provide, whether it's through our, our virtual learning, our in-class offerings, or an online or on-demand offering, can meet any of our particular members' needs. And that's why we really diversify the, the, the way we offer our courses um, and offer many different certifications for the different disciplines within the IRWA. Yeah. And you know, when you talk about the agencies uh, rewarding people for having those sometimes, um, also, I, I know a lot of times when I am putting together a proposal, I get a lot of bonus points if I have some of those IRWA initials by my name. That's correct. We'd love to hear that when they do include preferred SRWA in those RFPs. That, that too helps build the brand of our SRWA. You know, we, we talked about something in a prior episode that I want to bring up here, and we consider right-of-way to be kind of the hidden industry. You don't really know about it unless you're born into it or you stumble into it, which is what most of us have done, right? But what's interesting is there's not really a college major for someone who wants to go into the right-of-way profession. For, for instance, Kristen has not one but two degrees that don't require words. She has two music degrees, and she's a great right-of-way professional. But to me, the IRWA <laughs> get, affords us the opportunity to get badly needed education, perhaps in areas that you don't necessarily specialize in within the right-of-way industry. That's right. And not only is it in the areas that you specialize in, but many of our members will take courses that they don't specialize in because they feel that additional information helps them understand individuals that are maybe working on a project with them, but don't necessarily focus on the relocation aspect. Well, you can work better with someone if you know what it is that where they're coming from. Right. Does that make sense? So if you're working with an engineer and you, you possibly are in uh, the relocation discipline of right away, it helps to take educational courses that focus on engineering in right away to help understand where that engineer may be coming from on a project. And, and Tim, that is a great example. That is a perfect example. As a matter of fact, I was a liberal arts major, government and foreign affairs, never took an engineering course, but I took one through the IRWA. And do you know how that helps me? I read plan sheets in every single case, and I wouldn't know how to correctly do it, but for that IRWA course. Absolutely. We find individuals that do that a lot. And that's why we, to, to SRWA, it really includes multiple disciplines, courses, and to get to the SRWA. So you are a well-rounded right-of-way professional once you achieve that SRWA. Yeah, Tim, tell, tell our listeners, what is an SRWA? What does that stand for? What does that mean? That's the senior right-of-way designation offered by RWA. It is our premier, if you want to say top designation, uh, that you can receive from the IRWA. So it's the big dog. It's the big dog. Nice, nice. Yeah, I, I got my SRWA several years ago, and um, it's been a it's been a great benefit to my career. Absolutely. Hey, uh, before we move on talking about IRWA and our educational offerings, Amir, I have a question for you, my California friend. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready for it, Kristen. It's really important. Do you just like walk out the door and see celebrities every day, or do they come to dinner at your house, or I mean, are they just wandering around? How often do you run into a celebrity? 
Uh, I wish I I wish I can say I often run into a celebrity, but I will say there have been times where I have met uh, certain celebrities. Um, some of you guys may are, may already know this, but I used to be a uh, sports writer, so my press credentials often afforded me opportunities to a number of different uh, professional sporting outings. So I've had the opportunity to meet quite a few athletes. Uh, LeBron James being one of them. No way. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So yeah. do you want to name drop some more folks? And oh, before you name drop, are you a like, hey, can I get a picture? Or are you a leave them alone kind of guy? You know, I, I'm I'm more of a leave them alone type of guy. But there have been instances where I, I like to take the pleasure. And it's one of the first lines that I always tell them is, you know, does anybody, has anybody ever told you you look like LeBron James? <laughs> <laughs> I bet they love and, it. And they get a crack, they get a kick out of it. Uh, I, I actually, I actually said that line once to uh, Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park. Uh, no Rockton. way! Yeah, yeah. I actually ran into him at a coffee shop, and he was putting creamer in his coffee. And I said, "Excuse me, sir, has anybody ever told you you look like Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park?" He literally froze for like a good five seconds, and. <laughs> like uh, pretended to be like really upset that I caught him. And then he, he looked to the left and he laughed and he goes, yeah, it's me. Nice to meet you, bro. Oh, that's <laughs> so. super cool. He, he passed away recently, didn't he? In the last couple of years? He did. Yeah, yeah. He actually had a home about six or seven miles up the road oh, uh, wow. from me. He lived in uh, Palos Verdes Estates. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but I was a huge fan of his growing up. Yeah, me uh, too. as you can imagine. So I got a little starstruck. So I had to, I had to take the opportunity. <laughs> you know, you know what's interesting is I, I didn't know what to make of Lincoln Park when they first came out. I couldn't tell if they were for real, like whether they were the Millie Vanilli of their genre or whether they were the real thing. You know, were they, were they the next Limp Biscuit? What's going on there? And as it turns out, I think they were actually a pretty doggone good band. They were a great band. I saw them in concert once, and it was great. It was a great show. So. When we talk about, let's go back to um, education and training. Um, we talked yep. about designations. We've talked a little bit about the value and membership value. Well, there's two kind of categories, Tim, that you and I have talked about, education and training, right? And so, Amir, you do a lot with the uh, with the education and certifications and designations. Tim, and right. both of you have discussed the, the training aspect. Can can you address that? Amir, I want to hear from you on that, on, on the training aspect. Yeah, so with the training aspect, a lot of our public agencies don't necessarily seek out our certifications per se. So they're not necessarily looking to uh, advance by getting a number of different, you know, letters behind their names, so to speak. They, they seek what's called training. And what really it, they're in it for is basically the education, the, uh, con the curriculum that's contained within the course that's going to enable them to be able to do their jobs uh, and do them well. Okay, so, you know, take for instance, we were talking about it uh, the other day about how uh, US Army Corps of Engineers, right? They, they you know, if they, they wanna get specific training that's gonna enable them to uh, relocate, you know, a, a, a hundred mobile homes from a mobile home park, right? Where are they gonna get that type of specialized training? They're gonna get it at IRWA. Okay, and that's why we're able to uh, work with different agencies to hold private classes uh, specifically for their employees. And we've got a number of different uh, relocation assistance instructors 
you being one of them, as you know, Kristen. And uh, we're able to accommodate them in that in that manner where a lot of other places, you know, you've got to wait uh, until a class pops up in the schedule and then get your people signed up individually. So that's what's that's what's great about uh, about us. We're, we're very flexible in terms of what we can accommodate as far as uh, training uh, is considered as far as training goes. Yeah. And there's such a vast array of different courses available. Like you talk about maybe the army Corps of engineers needing to train up some folks because they've got a project coming up with a mobile home park. We have an entire course. It's course 503. It's mobile home relocations. So we have a lot of courses that are extremely specific and, and are definitely beneficial for people who are getting ready to do a project that maybe they haven't handled those type of elements before. So, okay, before we move on, it's time for our very first Over Under Push with you guys today. Uh, if you've listened to our show, I'm sure you guys are familiar with Over Under Push. Is that correct? Yeah, this is going to be fun. Okay, so Tim, you're up first, okay? I'm going to give you three different items, and you are supposed to tell us whether they are overrated, underrated, or it's just a, a push. They're aptly rated, okay? And and they're, by the way, there is a right and wrong answer, so we will let you know if your opinions are correct or not, okay? <laughs> Shoot, I'm ready. Okay, I'm going to give you all three first, and then we'll go through them individually, okay? Number one, I think we probably know how you're going to feel about this one. Number one, the big green egg. Uh, number two, <laughs> the Virginia Cavaliers men's basketball team. And number three, Mark Cuban, since you're a Dallas guy. Okay, are you ready? Let's go. I'm ready. Number one, big green egg. What say ye? Overrated. Um, Dave did that sound effect, not me. Just I assumed. So you know. Okay. And um, what about the Virginia Cavaliers men's basketball team? I'll push because I don't know anything about them. I'll be honest. Okay. Well, Tim. (laughs) Here's the deal, Tim. You and I are both Texas Tech red raiders that's that's correct we do have that in common yes and one thing that we do know is that the virginia cavaliers men's basketball team beat us in the national championship uh in 2019 yes yes it was 19 yes so i'm gonna say overrated oh 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 no 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 sorry sorry miss bennett off the show you're off the show i don't think so um okay so finally mark cuban underrated all day long i agree with that 100 percent. mark cuban is like a, a treasure he is a national treasure i agree i agree yeah you know what you did pretty good on that i think you did great i don't know if dave agrees yeah you didn't do so well I yeah I, I didn't get that from dave <laughs> <laughs> i thought you nailed it okay so here, here's something that kind of blows my mind when I think about it. So, um, you know, I've, I've worked with you guys both extensively and with Dave on education issues with the IRWA. Um, I'm actually the sitting chair of the International Professional Education Committee. So Amir and I work hand in hand a lot. And this number baffles me every time I hear it. And that is 92. We have 92 educational offerings within the IRWA. There are 92 courses. How in the world do you manage 92 courses and keep those materials fresh? That's a really good question, Kristen. And I think that's a question that has uh, certainly eluded us for several years. But, you know, with, with with the development of this new education program database, what and what this education program database does is that it's essentially an asset management tool for all of our course materials and it's really like it's a one-stop shop for planning 
tracking and reporting all things education. Um, it's a database that houses all of our existing instructor course feedback, any past revisions that have been made and also ongoing revisions that are taking place so that we can help address uh, any present and future needs for our courses. And it, what it also does is that it serves as a new avenue for soliciting and capturing all that course feedback um, from the instructors page of our IRWA website, which we've built a, a new and, and improved, more user-friendly electronic course feedback form that really allows our instructors to just go in there to our website and type in their feedback and suggested uh, edits for anything that they've identified that's you know problematic or erroneous so that we can get it uh, appropriately addressed. So that with hand in hand uh, led to the development of our new course updates policy that, that's allowed us to really now be put in a position where we can now go in and properly prioritize our classes and determine, okay, what, what specific needs uh, does this class have, right? And how can we address it? And um, when do we address it? So, you know, all of that combined with data from the courses, popularity, uh, how often it was taught, uh, the, vol the volume and quality, the volume and quality of feedback um, that we have on that all lend uh, a helping hand to help us work with our education committee to prioritize accordingly and then get, work with our uh, subject matter experts, three-person review teams uh, to execute those edits and yeah. to revamp that course. Yeah, and it's I've I mean I've I've looked at the uh, instructor feedback form. It's so intuitive. It's super simple. And when you hit submit, it goes right to you guys, and it's it's immediately tracked and and things are prioritized. It's it's a very exciting uh, time with IRWA education, and I think that we'll be able to guarantee that our ninety two courses are top notch, updated and correct. And I love it. You know, um, there's something else I want to talk about because uh, most of your courses were previously either taught in person or they were on demand. And, and I don't mind telling you, your in-person courses are fabulous. And I've taken a number of them. And then there's, hey, there's no way we're going to avoid a discussion in early 2021 without talking about COVID. So, dun, dun, absolutely. Dun. COVID. <laughs> so tell us, Tim, Amir, what happened when the pandemic hit and everything shut down? You couldn't have any more in-person courses, could you? We, we could not. And Dave, it's, we have, you know, one, one item that we haven't really touched on is, is our chapters. Uh, we've got 73 chapters throughout North America and internationally, and they are the heart and soul of the IRWA period. And they offer our courses. They decide which courses have value for their members. And then they put, they select instructors. They put them on in person and they receive revenue from those courses that they put on for their chapter operations. Well, in March, we saw that chapters were having to start canceling those courses. And we know as, as um, staff, how important those courses are, not only to the individuals that take them and are seeking a certification or that training, but also to the chapters to help keep their chapter running we quickly, uh, I, working with our, our executive committee, our board, our governing council, we worked with uh, our education committee to develop a new virtual classroom 
program, a new classroom that could be done uh, with a live instructor, done virtually, that would allow the chapters to still be able to hold courses that were important to them and receive revenue for them while giving the education and delivering the ed- the training and, and the information to their members. Yeah, We did that in March. I'm sorry, because I didn't no, no. interrupt. Go ahead. You, you, this started in March. Is that what you said? The, 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 the working started in March. We offered our first course um, about, I want to say about four weeks later. I could be off there, but very quickly. And then we began to ramp up those course offerings and we got an entire schedule out. And at this point, we're very pleased with the amount of virtual courses we've been able to offer during COVID and and the pandemic. We've also been able to, and this is really important, this also gave all of our instructors who are subject matter experts, members of the IRWA, to give all of those instructors an opportunity to be instructing and not have an entire year of hiatus due to the pandemic. So we've actually had more instructors teach now than we have in the previous year. More instructors teaching because of our selection process for instructors. We had new instructors come in and offer courses and start gaining that experience so that when we do get to a point, which I'm confident we will uh, get to the point of offering our in-person classes again, we now have more instructors with more experience in delivering our curriculum. Tim, I want to make I want to make a point here um, for the listeners because I think this is really important. I want to distinguish between an online or on-demand class and a virtual class because I was very skeptical. I've taken a couple of virtual classes. I took one or two from Kristen here on the show. And let's make it clear that these virtual classes are scheduled for a particular time. They're not pre-recorded and they're interactive. Right. That's right. Yeah, Amir, you may want to uh, touch yeah. on that synchronous. Absolutely. Yeah. So what what these uh, virtual classes are is they're the closest thing to an in person classroom experience. There's what's as many of you know what's called active learning that takes place in these classes. It's not like sitting at home by yourself uh, taking an on demand class at your own pace whenever you want, leaving and then coming back as you please to finish it up and you're just kind of listening through narrated slides. That isn't the case with our virtual classes. Our virtual classes are held with live instructors, people uh, from all different parts of the country, taking it at the convenience of either their own home or their office at a scheduled time. Uh, and it, it's funny because it was it was kind of tricky at first gauging the different time zones because you know we've had to make uh, pivots and adjustments uh, on the fly as we've gone through this, you know, because sometimes we'll have an instructor who's based out in the East Coast, but then we'll have five registrants for the class and they're all out in the West Coast. And typically we normally defer to the instructor as far as, you know, what time we start the class, but there's been instances where we've started a class at uh, six o'clock Pacific, nine o'clock Eastern, but then when we've realized and looked at the registration count, and notice that they're all from the Western time zone. Uh, the instructors have been well enough, you know, nice enough to accommodate them and start at a time, you know, that works for them. So that's, you know, that's the beauty of the of these virtual classes is that we've been able to make a number of different adjustments on the fly, and then also provide those instructors with uh, trainings uh, before all of their classes. And what I mean by trainings, I mean going through 
all the various tools, techniques that the new row software platform, uh, that's the platform that we use uh, to host all of our virtual classes, providing them with that, that training that, that allows them to be successful uh, for when it comes time to teach their virtual class. So they're not worried about managing the technology because we'll have already gone through the training with them. Uh, so it's been a big help for us and the students as well. And we hold these trainings with uh, the students once every week and then with the, with the instructors on an as needed basis uh, prior to them teaching the class. And, and Amir, um, I can attest firsthand as somebody who's taken three different virtual courses, uh, two with Kristen Bennett and one with Fred Easton. They were outstanding. Those courses were outstanding. I learned a lot. I was skeptical going into it. I didn't think I was the type of learner who would pick up on it. And I learned a tremendous amount from all three of those courses. So I would say that this is kind of a fortuitous byproduct of the COVID. Hold on. Hold on. Did you say fortuitous? Yeah, fortuitous. Do you know I what that did. do you know what that word means? Of course I know what it means. It has like an unforeseen benefit or something like okay. that. Okay. I know you went to a quote unquote smart school with words. That's not what fortuitous means. Yes. What? Would you like to know what fortuitous means? Okay. Okay. You know, like, it's not for one of us, it's fortuitous. So, like, if you go to a restaurant and say, like, party of two, you, it'd be like if they're like, how many how many people? And you'd be like, I need a table for two. Or you could say, I need a table fortuitous. Oh. Not one of us, tuitous. So I yeah. didn't, didn't use that right? No. I don't know how you just don't know words with the, you know, the education that you've had. Okay. Just Okay. Try to remember, okay? All right. Well, thank you for that educational lesson, Miss sure. Miss Texas Tech Red Raider, with no words to her degree. Tim, uh, you should be offended by that. <laughs> I, I am offended I need by you. that. He had I was words. Wondering why, I was wondering why he had not learned the definition of that word. Seriously, <laughs> kind of embarrassing. Okay. Guys, uh, let's cover one more thing. And uh, we've kind of touched on the instructors to these courses, and I think it's important for people to know that not just any Tom, Dick, or Harry can be an IRWA instructor. And can, can you, one of you talk a little bit about um, where your instructors come from, training, certification, and the like? Yeah, so basically our instructors currently have to go uh, through a pretty intense two-day instructor training that's dedicated to teaching tools and te techniques that are based on various adult learning theories and principles. Uh, so they've got to be able to uh, go through this workshop and, it, and it's, it's an intense workshop and it's, it's an evolving one and it hasn't looked the same each time, but um, it's ultimately focused on these different tools and techniques that are based on adult learning theories. And really, you know, they've got to be able to also have the necessary experience requirements uh, and educational requirements to be able to uh, be an approved instructor. Because, you know, in addition to this training, we've also got various benchmarks within each of our classes for them to be able to be qualified to teach those specific classes. So combined with that and the fact that our instructors also you know, to promote further learning and improvement, they're expected to continually enhance their skills, learn new teaching methods, and maintain their expertise. So that's why we have them recertify every five years. And, and Amir, and, to, to be yes. clear, 
um, they have to be, I think you mentioned they have to be subject matter experts. So um, um, I'm a a licensed attorney and there's an entire series of law courses through the IRWA. Suppose I want to teach engineering. I call you up. Hey, Amir, can I teach engineering? The answer would be no. What? Uh, Are you saying I'm not smart enough because I didn't know what fortuitous meant? (laughs) You just admitted that you've taken one engineering course and now you think you're an engineer? (laughs) Yeah. We call that a nice try, Dave, but unfortunately, (laughs) you don't have the qualifying experience as an engineer to be able to teach engineering classes. (laughs) So is it fair to say that each course has particular qualifying experience that an instructor has to require? Okay, that an instructor must have. That's correct. And, And there's also with certain classes, you have to have certain designations as well in order to be to be able to teach them. Uh, within our association. So there's that aspect as well. So it's really a combination of experience, IRWA education, uh, and some formal education as well uh, in order to be able to teach our classes. So that's, that's why we have incredible instructors. That's wonderful. Hey, Amir, you're not getting off the hook, my friend. It's time (laughs) for your over under push. Are you ready? You know how to play. Okay. Here are your items for consideration. Number one, the Washington Nationals. Number two, California wine. And number three, the Brady Bunch. Are you ready? Ooh, I'm ready. Okay, let's go with number one, the the Washington Nationals. You know, I'm going to say now they're over. And I only say that because they're, they're a lot... They're, they're depleted now. They, they no longer have a World Series uh, quality baseball team that they did a couple years ago. So oh. that's why I say that's why I say over. That's you, the only reason why. Do, yeah. Is there a particular team that does have a World Series title that you care about a great deal? Yeah, they go by the name of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Oh, okay. I know, I know it. And you know <laughs> there what? There it is. There I got, it is. I got to go to a World Series game during the pandemic and watch your team, and I was rooting for them because of your affinity for the team. So congrats. All right, let's talk about uh, California wine. This is hard because I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm biased on this one. So I'm, I'm going to say push, but I can see how many people feel as though it's overrated. So, but I'll say push. Okay, we'll accept that answer. And then what about the Brady Bunch? I've got to say, if I'm being another one, if I'm being honest here, I got to go with overrated. Okay. You know what? I think I agree with you. I think you nailed it. I think you absolutely nailed it. Congratulations. Um, and I think that's unanimous. Yes. Yeah. I, so I think you got it. Amir. Y- you are the winner of over under push today. And Tim, that's only because Dave is really unfair about some of his opinions of your opinions. That's all. I thought, I thought his buzzer button may be broken. No, I think he's just not. I just think he's just not buzzering Amir. Okay, okay so hey, uh, before we wrap up, I, I do have a, uh, two things I want to cover real quick. Number one, I think we got to give give a little love to the foundation. Can you guys speak to the the foundation and what does that mean? Who's the foundation and what do they do for us? Very supportive. They are a five hundred one c three organization that works with uh, the association, the IRWA, to help support and fund our educational offerings. We could not have IRWA education without the Right-of-Way International Education Foundation. That's right. And there's there's also a Canadian uh, Right-of-Way International Education Foundation. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Huge, both of them. Hugely, we are hugely grateful for, for both uh, foundations. And yeah, you're right. We couldn't do what we do without them. So, it, it you know, to me, it sounds like in, in 2020, IRWA education, we were, we were forced to innovate and change some things. But, oh man, this is a really... Uh, 
I think this is a trend now. We're we're moving forward, and it sounds like you guys aren't stopping there. We're going to roll forward to 2021 and continue to be innovative and, and just have a top-notch educational program. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yes. New ways to offer member value to our members that are seeking education, training, or networking opportunities through IRWA. We're, we're continuing to innovate ways to connect with them and, and deliver that value. Well, kudos to you guys. You have taken a really difficult year and just absolutely killed it. Um, I'm really impressed with what you guys have been able to do, and it's been a huge value to me to be able to participate in some of these new um, exciting opportunities. So uh, as we wrap up, Tim, I do want to ask you one question, and that is if if somebody's listened to our show and they, they are not IRWA members or they want to learn more, how do you become a member? How do you join? Where can they find more information? Well, the easiest thing to do is join online and you can find the IRWA website has a link on the homepage to join. Uh, however, if you're not comfortable joining online, we have the paper application option, which you can find online, download uh, and mail in as well. And then you can always pick up the phone. Uh, we've got over 20 staff members in California that are ready to and waiting to serve any of our members or those wishing to become a member. And you can join over the phone by speaking with one of those representatives. Wonderful. And um, our listeners can find a link to the IRWA website in our show notes. Um, and guys, we appreciate your time so much today. It's such an exciting time to be a part of the IRWA, and we are thrilled to have had you today. Yeah, thank you both for being here. It was a great show, guys. We appreciate both of you guys uh, extending the offer and allowing us a, a, a couple of minutes to, to discuss IRWA and the benefits of membership. So thank you. This is Connor McDonald with CMD West, and you have been listening to the Pendulum Land Podcast. Please do me a favor, like and follow the podcast on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook with their handle at Pendulum Land Pod. Internationally certified as cool and professionally diagnosed as awesome. Fortuitous, you know, like I need a table fortuitous. <laughs>